And now, part two of the Stacy Stite story on Crime Shots. They're left to kind of just wait on the results of the evidence that they find. Mm-hmm. Fingerprints collected from the truck are found to belong to Stacy and Jimmy. The shoe on Stacy's foot, foot obviously matches the shoe that they found by the truck. Hmm. Her, oh, the white shirt found in the bushes near her body belonged to Jimmy. They don't really say anything about the bodily fluids in the truck. And I can only assume that's because nothing comes of it. Like, it's either contaminated or maybe it's not bodily fluids at all. Mm-hmm. They did retrieve swabs from her body. And the swab from her vagina contained very small traces of semen. When I say small traces, I mean, like, three swimmers. Yeah. Like, barely any. Barely any. And I did not realize until just now, they took swabs at the crime scene. So these three swimmers are from the autopsy. Not the swabs from the crime scene? Right. The swabs from the crime scene, because I remember reading this, the swabs from the crime scene were inconclusive. Right. Allegedly. Why wouldn't they go with the body, though? I would feel like if you're going to do an autopsy, you're going to want all the information. The swabs from the crime scene would be part of that information. Anyway, so those three swimmers. Well, let me let me interject something real quick just because I was curious, so I had to look it up. Oh, one God. drop of semen. How many swimmers do you think are in, is in one drop? In one drop? One drop of semen. A thousand. Uh... Hell no. How many are in one drop? At this point, apparently 50 years ago, it was twice as much as it is now. But Mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there. At this point, on average, it's about 180 million. Wow. That makes sense if you're looking at it through a microscope. So if you're talking about three. Three swimmers. Now, don't get me wrong. Remember, we talked about the, the court documents discussing the reports of the DNA hmm. and they talk about how there there's heads but no tails or there's this so there were only three full swimmers intact that had heads tails and were moving mm-hmm. so hmm. that that's what they have to have to be able to run DNA apparently right it was enough to run DNA and they have a match okay Three swimmers, they get a match. So the DNA belongs to... Drumroll, please. Rodney Reed. The guy with the sexual assault cases. Yes. Just some random dude that they happened to locate because he had sexual assault cases in the area. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And his DNA was on file. Of course it was. So, conveniently for authorities, he was picked up on drug charges not too long before this, so they already have him. Yep. Um, so they ask him, you know anything about the Stacy Stites murder? And investigators say that he was visibly surprised by the question. And Rodney explains that he doesn't know Stacy, and all he knows is what he's seen on the like the news or read in the newspaper. Hmm. So investigators say, "Meh, doesn't matter if you know her. We have your DNA." So Rodney's charged with two counts of capital murder. Hmm. One for murder in the course of aggravated sexual assault, and one for murder in the course of kidnapping. Okay. So apparently, 
Um, all you need is three swimmers. Three swimmers. That's it. That's all you need. Well, and just to just to clarify, I just looked it up to find out how many sperm cells are required for, to generate a DNA profile. Oh, okay. Uh, it says as few as 15 sperm cells will give an 80% reproducibility, whereas at least 40 sperm cells are required to profile the 13 to 16 LOCI by standard PCR tests. Mm-hmm. So I am, from what I read right there, uh-huh. I don't think they had enough DNA, enough cells. I well, mean, I'm no, I'm no expert, right? But right, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into uh, what they testify to here in just a little bit. So, since he's already in jail anyways, he's held without bond. Hmm. So, let's talk about who Rodney Reed is. Rodney was born December 22nd, 1967. His father was an Air Force veteran, and his mom is a nurse. Rodney grew up in Wichita Falls. Actually, his family's from Bastrop, and then he was in Wichita Falls for quite a while. Wichita Falls is northwest of Dallas. It's like mm-hmm. almost Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, but he went to high school there where he played football and was the Golden Gloves boxing champion. Hmm. His whole life, he was known for being somewhat of a ladies' man. Like I said before, those sexual assault cases we discussed were all dropped, and he had actually never been convicted of sexual assault. Only one of his cases went to court and he was acquitted of all charges. Yeah. When I say Rodney is a ladies man, he had a tendency to date several women, several women at the same time and women who were, um, entangled. Married in relationships. Yeah, Yeah, very much so. hundred percent. Haken. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) not his. Yeah. So, um, Rodney's in jail. Investigators build the theory that Rodney had somehow run into Stacy on her way to work. From there, he apprehended Stacy in her truck, sexually assaulted her, and strangled her. Then, transported her to the crime scene location, finally returning the truck to be left at the high school. He was able to do this between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., all while not leaving any fingerprints or hair follicles, just the three little swimmers, in the area where the autopsy did not show assault. Hmm. Now, um, keep in mind, uh, Rodney doesn't have a vehicle. He did that night. Uh, He didn't. No, he did that night, though. He had an S10. He had a red S10. Oh, okay. That's what you're saying. Um, So this is this is what investigators are going to bring to a jury and say, this is what he did. Yeah, it's pretty shaky, isn't it? Um, I just feel like there's not a lot there, but you know, I don't think they have a whole lot to develop that kind of story. But you know, it's cute. Um, (laughs) cute. Right. Uh, so this goes to trial in 1998. Mm Mm-hmm. In court, the prosecution lays out all this to the jury. Most of their case is supported on the testimony of Dr. Roberto that did the autopsy. Right. He testified in court that the semen had to have been left there recently, is what he said. Recently. They even had someone testify that sperm can't remain intact in a woman's body for more than 24 to 26 hours after sex. Mm. Right. Well, when you say it can't remain for more than 24 and then you say 226, your credibility goes from 80 to 19. You know what I mean? Because you just said it can't remain for more than 24. And then you put another number out there that was higher than 24. Right. I could I could be saying it wrong, though. Oh. It can't remain in a woman's body for more than 24 to 26 hours after sex. So that's the quote. So I would, yeah. 
So, I mean, I mean they should have just said more than 26 hours. Right. Or more than 24, I would say the lowest number. Well, it's it's obviously it's not 24, because if it was 24, then it couldn't get to 26, could it? Right. So, so at most, 26 hours. That's a pretty confusing statement from someone of science. Yeah. But go ahead, continue. So when they put Jimmy on the stand, he had some things to say. For the most part, he tells the same story I've already told you. Mm -hmm. But he was given a second polygraph prior to trial. This time, some of the questions that he was asked was, anytime after April 22nd, did you penetrate Stacy's anus with anything? He responded, no. Did you strangle Stacy with her belt? He responded, no. Did you leave Stacy's body along that country road where she was found? His response was no. And any time after April 22nd, did you hit Stacy's head with your fist? And he responded no. These four questions he was found deceptive on. All of them? Yes. Not all the questions, just those five he was found deceptive right, on. Right, the ones that you just listed. Right. All of those he, he was, was found, found to be lying. Right. This and man when, is either incredibly nervous or... Well, when they told him that there's deception on those questions, he's like, I'm done with the polygraph. I want a lawyer. And I plead the fifth. I mean, That's the polygraph can't be used in a court of law anyway, so... Not anymore. It could at the time? Probably. I know at some point it could have been. And even if... Regardless to the fact that he was deceptive on these questions, it's the fact that they tell him he's being deceptive and he's like, never mind, I want a lawyer and I plead the fifth. Mm -hmm. So, at trial, investigators address his deception on the polygraph test, so it obviously wasn't ad admissive. It looks like 1923. What? It was the District Circuit Court in Fry versus United States upheld a trial court's decision to exclude a polygraph test the defendant sought to introduce at trial to support his murder defense. Did they have polygraphs in 1923? I mean, look at it. It looks like a damn telegraph. The shit is not very high tech. Yeah. I mean, the newer ones maybe, but, you know, back in the day, all it was was a little stick going back and forth based on electrical impulse. It probably has to do with the judge. So if, you know, the prosecutor files a motion to withdraw it, I guess, you know. Well, no, I think it's it's can. it's fully not admissible now. It's just yeah. a matter of that. I mean, when they do that, they set a precedent, right? So when the circuit court sets that precedent, they go by that until somebody changes it, which would have to right. go to a higher court. And I don't know that it ever has. Or if it has, it's. It was it was not admissible. No, I think it's I think it's law now. Like they're just not admissible. Right. But people still use them all the time, and so I feel like just the knowledge of a person failing a polygraph test is jury sway. Does that make well, sense? Like you can't admit it into evidence, but if you if you question somebody about a polygraph test. Yeah, but I don't think they're allowed to even let the, the jury know. Uh, well, apparently at this time they did, because they did. Okay. Well, apparently they did, so, because they did then. Right. I mean, if they did, then they did. Well, I'm going to tell you what they did. They did. So they address his deception on the polygraph test in court. Yeah. And Jimmy says that there were several interrogations, and the officers were aggressive and verbally abusive toward him. Hmm. <laughs> which made him nervous, failing polygraph tests. Um, when those officers testified, they said the reason the interrogation was slightly aggressive is because Jimmy's accounts of what happened weren't matching up. Right. For example, Carol, Stacy's mom, testified that Jimmy had insisted on driving Stacy to work that morning, which is what they had settled on before they left her apartment. Whereas Jimmy says... Uh, he, he wasn't, he wasn't going to drive Stacy to work. I mean, that's pretty easily proved if you just ask, when did he borrow Carol's car? Because 
he was in Carol's car when they went to go investigate the apartment, right? What? Didn't you say that when they went to Carol's apartment, he showed up in Carol's car? No, no, no. That was the day before. She, When Stacy got home from work, she went to Carol's apartment. And when he got home from work, he went to Carol's apartment. He came from work, and he took Carol's car to work the day before. Okay. The next day, remember I told you Jimmy was talking about he, how he had to run errands or something? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about he was going to just take her to work and keep the truck so he could run his errands and go back and get her. Gotcha. That's what Carol is saying that they agreed that he was going to do. And now he's saying what? He's saying no. That's no. Stacy drove herself. So he was at the house the whole time. I don't remember right. what he said. What was his alibi? I forgot. He went to. What was it? He said he was at the house. He was asleep when Carol called. Hmm. So the other thing that's not matching up is the whole thing around the birth control pills. Mm-hmm. Um, there are several other inconsistencies in Jimmy's stories. Which I already explained the birth control pills. But the most important one is involving his bank account. Okay. When they found the truck, investigators called Jimmy to bring the key and make sure it's his truck. Mm -hmm. Right? Or early in the morning they find the truck. But they don't find her body until 3.30 that afternoon. Right. Between the time they find the truck and the time Stacy's body's found... Jimmy goes to the bank and withdraws everything from his accounts. Mm. You don't do that, Jimmy. Here's where I basically go over the court documents. It makes it easier to just skim through. So they have the truck towed to Texas Department of Public Safety Crime Laboratory in Austin. Mm -hmm. And they bring Jimmy with them. So that he can, you know, whatever, tell them what shouldn't be there, I guess. I don't think they should right. have him there for anything if he's a suspect. Well, or, if they've sorry, got questions, he's there interest. to answer right away. Well, yeah. as long as, like you said, he's not touching anything, right? He's just going to be there Right, they said, the they said that he was not going to touch anything. He was just going to be there to answer any questions that they had. At least that's what they're saying. He still right. works for the police department. He right? does still work for the police department. Absolutely. So, you never know. So we talked about the substance they found on the hump of the floorboard. We talked about her shoe. We talked about the piece of a plas- broken plastic cup, um, mm-hmm. which they did find pieces of it in the truck as well as on the ground outside of the truck. But what we didn't talk about was the driver's seat was laid back at a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. The driver's seat. Yep. The driver's seat belt was still buckled. There was a large smudge on the back window on the passenger side. And it was what? Well, I don't know. It doesn't say. Mud, dirt, sweat. It just says smudge. It just says smudge. That's so terrible. Like, why wouldn't you? Well,. Like I said, the only fingerprints they found inside the truck were Stacy and Jimmy. Right. Here's what I find odd. The driver's seat is laid back at a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I point out the angle of the seat um, is because they, they use that later. Right. Okay. Then they detail the crime scene, and this is the court documents I'm I'm talking about. So uh, Karen Blakely uh, specializes in DNA and serology, which did I explain what serology is? You did, but do it again because I'm trying to remember serum. The so serology serum. is serology is the scientific study of serum and other bodily fluids. Gotcha. Okay, that's what Karen Blakely does, and she's called in, and she actually and she investigates the crime, the actual crime scene. So Karen says that her the zipper on her pants were was broken, and that her underwear um was bunched around her hips and wet at the crotch area, and she immediately viewed this as a sign of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. 
So she tested for the presence of semen, and the initial test yielded a positive result. So I can only picture the same way they would do, like, drugs. So they take a sample of it, and they put it in a tube, and if it turns a color, then it's right. present. It doesn't necessarily tell them what type it is. It just right. tells them that it is a drug, and it's not, you know, baby powder. Does that make sense? Yep. 100%. Right. So she collected additional swabs, but she could not determine if there was any damage sexually. Hmm. She did say that it looked like a great force had been applied to her neck. Um, she said it was like an indentation, but red, and like it had cut her scent, like it had cut her skin. Yeah. Terry Sandifer, a fingerprint examiner, collected two bush beer cans that were located across the road from where Stacy's body was found. However, that was determined to be unsuitable for analysis. Which, that makes sense, because how many times have you been driving down a dirt road and you see people, like beer cans all over the road? Right. Like, people just throw beer cans out sometimes. Especially, like... This is a road headed out towards a lake. Right. There's no telling. Yep. I wouldn't even consider that to be evidence at that point. Right. Um, so, after processing the scene, Karen goes back to uh, the lab to process the swabs she got. Mm. Right? She discovered intact sperm, sperm heads, with the tail still attached. That, in her opinion... Indicate that the sexual activity was recent. Right. Um, her conclusion is based on a published study finding that 26 hours is about the outside length of the time of time that tails will remain on sperm head inside the vaginal tract of female. Yeah. So we talked about this. Once sperm is inside the vaginal tract, it actually starts to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. She's saying that because of that, she fa because she found some intact, it could not have been on her for more than 26 hours. Right. So she lets everybody know. They immediately say that that's their smoking gun. And they say that whoever is the owner of the semen is obviously the killer. And who's the owner? Well, there's... The samples that they get are considered inconclusive. However, the sample that Roberto gets comes back as Rodney Reed. Right. I guess what I'm getting at is I wonder how many, because she said she found intact sperm. If Roberto only found three, yeah. there's a real good chance Karen found more than three she and couldn't get a result. Them, probably. Right. Yeah. But if she got more than three and couldn't get a result, how the hell is Roberto getting a result? Right? Yeah. So Roberto is a third-party specialist? Roberto is a... He works for the city of Austin. Right. Or the state. Not, not the city, but the state. He works for the state of Texas. Yeah. Um, R Roberto concluded that Stacy likely died... Around 3 a.m., give or take a few hours, is what he testified to. I guess, hold on, let me go back to Roberto real quick. What you're okay. telling me is Roberto is very, very unlikely to be a biased doctor at this point. That's... Because he doesn't work for the city of Giddings. He doesn't work for whoever the same uh, department as Jimmy, correct? Right. Um, but Karen doesn't either. Right. No, no, I get that. I'm not saying Karen, Karen's more or less biased. I was kind of under the impression Roberto was stretching things. But if you're telling me that Roberto is fully as much non-biased as you could be at this point. I think so. Or as, as unbiased as you could be at this point, you would think. Yeah, you would, he's you would a, hope. He's, yeah, he's a Travis County medical examiner. Travis County. So Which that's not Austin. the state. That's the county. Yeah, but... Yeah, but... So Bastrop is 
not Travis County. But does Jimmy work for the city of Bastrop? Or does Jimmy he work for Travis works County? For the city of, Jimmy works for the city of Giddings. Which is in? Which is Lee County. Huh. Okay. That's not even Bastrop County. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, and honestly, if I'm being completely honest, they probably sent her there for autopsy because it's the closest place that had the capacity to do so. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's unlikely that they had the, what was needed to perform proper, because I mean, it's a, it's a murder, you know? Mm -hmm. And if, how many many cases have we? Karen works for the she works in Austin. Hold on. Yeah, she she works So Austin, right Texas. Yeah, she, that's what I'm saying. She's from Austin, but I'm trying to decide if she works for the state or like what de, like what department. Does that make sense? Mhm. Well, I'm just I'm trying to nail down that Neither one of these two that did the tests would have been someone that worked in the department that Jimmy did Correct. and would have been compromised. Correct. It doesn't sound like it. Sounds no, like right. both of these two would have absolutely no reason to be connected to this case whatsoever. Correct. Okay. That's all I was trying to get at, and that seems legitimate. Right. Okay. So he concludes that uh, she possibly died. 3 a.m. give or take a few hours. Mm-hmm. They he discusses all of the pre and post mortem injuries that we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. He did testify that when upon opening her skull, he documented multiple bruises that quote had the appearance of injuries sustained by being struck on the head with the finger knuckles with a closed hand. Mm. So being punched in the head. Right. Okay. Um, and then he estimated that asphyxiation takes three to four minutes and that a person becomes unconscious within one or two. Right. So they did talk about the evidence of sexual assault. Um, he said he observed the presence of sperm with both heads and tails. Um, that it indicated that the sperm had been introduced into Stacy's vagina quite recently. Um, he also took rectal swabs, which we discussed. Um, and we now know that the swab, the sperm that swabs that they found what belonged to Rodney Reed. Right. Then they go into explaining how DNA works. Um, I'm not going to. Right. They talk about the truck prints and things that they found in the truck, which didn't really help or hurt the case. It's just, they just talk about it, I guess, just to be thorough. Yeah. They did, however, fixate on the tr- the seat. Um, they talked about how it was reclined, the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And so they specifically noted that the lap portion of the belt looked like someone sat on it, which we talked about before. I know that there's a lot of people that will keep their seatbelt buckled so that the ding doesn't go off. Right. And they just sit on it. Um, and then they, they, in court, they demonstrated how a, if it's person for a, if it's possible for a person to be pulled from the vehicle while the seatbelt was fastened, like, so they, so they basically, they put Karen in the seat and they demonstrate like lifting her out of it. Mm-hmm. Like with the seatbelt still buckled? Yeah, but like underneath them. Yeah. Oh, like the seatbelt buckled underneath, not not around them, but under them. Yeah. Well, what does that matter? I mean, that's sure you can pull anybody out of any seat. Yeah. If the seatbelt's not around, I'm not saying you can't pull them out if the seatbelt is around them, but I feel like that would have to be the demonstration. Why would you demonstrate pulling somebody out of the seat without a seatbelt on? Well, here's the thing. It's the driver's side. Mm-hmm. So, what would be the point? Explain. So, it... 
basically, in my mind, what they're trying to do is they're trying to prove that a person that is essentially carrying a dead body to a crime scene, to a uh-huh. drop-off location, right. is going to pull the dead body out of the vehicle like that. But they gotcha. wouldn't be doing it from the driver's seat right. if they had to drive the vehicle there. They would be doing it from a location from the where seat. the head might be on the hump and excreting bodily fluid on the floorboard. Right. Right. So the whole point of it to me is the, but they fixate on it pretty bad. I just Um, don't understand what they were trying to say because, so they're trying to say that. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, Oh yeah, they, they killed her in the truck, transported her to this back road and then pulled her body out of the driver's side. But that's why it's reclined. So they could pull her body out. Does that make sense? They're trying to they're trying to prove that that's why that like the seats reclined because that's how they pulled her body out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No. But I feel like, I mean, if you just walk over to the passenger side, you can lift her up. She was like 150 pounds. Right. At most. Nobody in this case is having a problem moving her body. Right. So. It's weird. It's weird to me. I'm going to, last time I went into detail about some of these, these persons of interest, I don't think I'm going to go into detail about these persons of interest. Okay. For you. Yep. Um, but we talked about Brian Haynes. Well, just who, how many there were. Right. And then you can so, come back to the, cause there were quite a few male persons of interest in this story. There are. There are quite a few. So And only um, a few are really notable. The rest of them are just I don't know I don't know if I know an exact number. The point is that there were several male interests mm-hmm. that were in one way or another affiliated with Stacy. Right. And some of which or one of which was even after the fact convicted of murder of another person in a different town, the mm-hmm. well next town over. Um, so they look at these people pretty, pretty hard. Um, ultimately those people are rolled out, but they do find some background information about them. Like the fact that Stacy dated some of them and they're crazy, but <laughs> it's, it could possibly be relevant to the case. I'm not saying that it's not, but it what whatever relevance there is there was not used in court. Yeah. Um, the reason why I say that is because let's for some reason say that old boy is proven to be innocent. Somebody still killed her. Right. And it could have been any of them, really. I'm going to cut that out, but I'm just letting you know. So mm-hmm. there was, so anyway, so there's just random dudes. There was even, um, like an investigator that was considered a person of interest just because, um, like they committed suicide and then a girlfriend wrote a note saying that it was because of investigating Stacy's murder. And it's a whole thing. Mm. So it's just like one, thing after the other yeah right all right so eventually they come back to rodney uh authorities point out the fact that rodney lives on martin luther king drive um near the railroad tracks which is within walking distance of the high school Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't be a stretch for him to park it there and walk home right not only that so they go over Rodney's routine, right? Just like we went over Stacy's. So Rodney's routine is he just does and goes and does whatever he wants whenever he wants to. And 
he walks everywhere he goes. Like, officers testified seeing him walking at any point in time. Sometimes 9 p.m., sometimes 3 a.m., sometimes 4 a.m. Um, but he's just, like, walking around. Chestnut Street, Pecan Street, uh, Hazel Street, wherever. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, no, it's not unusual for him to have walked from his house to the high school or vice versa. Yeah. Then... Uh, remember I told you Rodney said that he don't know Stacy. Right. So, he tells investigators that when he's first being questioned. And then he gets legal involved and he tells them a different story. Right. Because it's hard to say you didn't know her if your swimmers are found in her body. Now, I don't know if... Uh, they told him that they found DNA and then he said this or if he said this and then they told him, well, that's good because they found DNA. I don't know what happened first. Right. I do know that when he was originally questioned and he said he didn't know her, they did not tell him they found DNA because at that time they had not, or they did, they did not tell him though. So he didn't know when he said he didn't know her. Gotcha. All right. So. Rodney says, okay, listen, this is what really happened. Rodney says that he actually had a romantic relationship with Stacy. And his semen was present because they had actually had sex the day before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have said the same thing. I feel like you have to say that to cover your ass. Yeah. To prove it... Um, they had, uh, one of Rodney's friends testify that she was fully aware of it. Rodney's mother said that she was fully aware of it. They contacted somebody that Stacy worked with and he said he was fully aware of it. The first two, I don't, I wouldn't put much credence behind, right? It's his friend and his mother. Of course, they're going to try to say that in order to keep him from going to jail. Not call anybody a liar. But there is plenty of motivation to say that. The one she works with may be a different story, but it's a small town, so we don't really know. Yeah, so that's that's the theory he's going with. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rodney's defense team bring in their own DNA expert, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Johnson, from Technical Associates Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she deep dive does a deep dive into dna and test results right um she says that she attempted to test the swabs and determined that there was not enough dna to conduct accurate testing and this is where i find things to be odd now hold on she tested the swabs that karen tested or the ones that roberto had the one karen tested which Karen already said was inconclusive. Karen said it was inconclusive, but here's the crazy part. Okay, here's what I think is crazy. So Karen's swabs are the first taken. So they should be the swabs that have not only the most accurate, I would think, but the most in quantity. Right? Right. Right, I don't understand how you would have a positive test from a later swab. Right. It doesn't, none of that rings Um, My personal opinion, I think that there was a positive test from Karen's swab, and they just... That's what I'm getting at, is there's, to me, there's no reason for them to be biased. So I would completely agree with you 100% if this was somebody from the same department as Jimmy or somebody who knew Jimmy or somebody. I'm not saying she didn't know him. I don't know if she knew him. I don't either, but I would would assume assume if she's from the state, this kind of goes above his purview, which wouldn't. I don't know. It would make sense. Yeah. Um, But what would make sense if there was some kind of police corruption that – Dr. Johnson was then given, you know, um, like, I guess not much left, you know, so that they're not able to pull anything. Right. I don't know. Or at a later date as well. Yeah. 
ultimately, by Rodney's defense team calling in this doctor, she is not able to dispute the DNA test. So, it didn't really help him at all. Right. Um, then they talk about the possibility that she was sodomized. And so she testifies, so Dr. Johnson testifies about how there can be, you know, drainage from the vaginal area into the anus. And then she, she opinioned that when there's been an ejaculation in the rectal area, there should be a lot of sperm, but a full ejaculation contains hundreds of millions of sperm. And that's not what they found there. Does that make sense? Right. No, I, yeah, I mean, obviously there was not a full ejaculation at all, period. Right. Otherwise, something would have come up. But there's also the possibility of, there's also the possibility of condoms, right? That's true, 100%. I mean, you never know what's going on there. Right. Um, And she said, she also testified that... She that there there is a difference in rate of decomposition and sperm in the vagina versus the rectum, but she was not sure what that difference was. And I mean, at the risk of sounding gross, obviously, there's a lot more bacteria and acid in the rectum versus. No, for sure. Um, But I'll be completely honest. This doctor did not help his case. She basically testified that... There was nothing she could do. Yeah, she could not confirm or deny anything that they tested. (laughs) So, um, on May 18th, 1998, Rodney is found guilty of capital murder. And on May 28th, he was sentenced to death. Mm -mm -mm. Like I said... His story is that he actually had a full-on affair with Stacy. He says that it was a long affair, and he had had sex with her the morning of April 22nd, which was, she was killed on the 23rd, so it would have been the previous day. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that they originally met at a convenience store. Um, I think there there was like a convenience store, and there was like some sort of a game room attached to it type thing. And they were in that room, and they met and exchanged information. And Stacy would call him on a payphone, and sometimes wow. they would meet up early in the morning. Hmm. The only people that were aware of this relationship were his mom, his friend, and somebody Stacy worked with. Right. Okay. So, is the story believable? Absolutely. Is there anything to support his story? Not a lot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. But there's not much to support the other story either. Right. I mean, it's super thin all the way around. Yeah. Do I feel like it's enough to have convicted him? Absolutely not. Right. But do I think he's innocent? Not necessarily. Right. Um, I think that they sh- should work harder. So Stacy's family is actually in shock after court, not because of the verdict, but because they say there's no way Stacy would have had an affair, let alone with somebody like Rodney. Right. Um, Jimmy, Carol, and the rest of Stacy's family say that Rodney is plain and simple. He's a liar. Mm-hmm. So Stacy was laid to rest in Corpus Christi at Rose Hill Memorial Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy's brother actually committed suicide in '97, mm. and Carol Stites lives in Corpus and is an advocate for her daughter to ensure Rodney is executed. So the next year, the year after this, is her brother commits suicide. Yeah, her family says that it's because of. That it's because he couldn't cope with Stacy's death, is what they say. Wow. But there's not really a whole lot of information about the brother. Yeah. All right. So on December sixth, two thousand, uh, Rodney's first appeal is denied. 
Then on October 19, 2005, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals sends the case back to trial court and says that evidence of that they found evidence of prosecutorial misconduct presented by Rodney's lawyers and it meets the legal requirements to send the case back to trial court for further review. Okay. So obviously they, you know, do another appeal and then the appeal they're like, "Okay, well we'll send it back to court." Then in 2008, Jimmy, remember Jimmy? Yep. is sentenced to 10 years in prison for kidnapping and sexually assaulting a woman. After he responded to her call for help as a police officer in Georgetown. Jesus. And this is 2008. Yes. So 12 years later. Yes. So he is a full-on police officer now. He's a full-on police officer. And she calls the police department for help. He responds, kidnaps her, and sexually assaults her. Mm. Um, He pled guilty to that, by the way. Yeah. Um, later that same year, in 2008, Texas Court of Criminal Appeals affirmed Rodney's conviction. Wow. So. See, that's the problem with appeals, though, is once you're convicted, the only thing appeals are going to do is look at things like, oh, was there misconduct? Or, oh, was there this? Was there that? They're not really rehashing the case. They're they're just looking at the minute details. Right. Unless they can find new evidence. Right. And get a retrial. Right. Right. But even then, the idea of getting a retrial is almost impossible once you've been convicted. Right. Um, In November of 2014, Rodney's execution date was set for March 5th, 2015. In February of 2015, Rodney's attorneys request a delay in execution because the doctor... The autopsy doctor, Dr. Roberto, says he now questions his original testimony. So he questions his own original testimony. So one month before his execution, Mm -hmm. there is likely so much news coverage of the original case at this time. And he probably saw something and was like, "Um, no, no, no. So he may not. Maybe he's not questioning his own testimony. He's questioning their portrayal of his testimony in court. Right. Or on the news, at least. Exactly. So, ten days before his execution, the court grants the request and orders a stay of execution. Jesus. Ten days. Ten days. That's a bit of a roller coaster. The doctor would go on to testify that when he said the semen would have had to have been quite recent. He meant that it could have been a couple of days. Well, which would make Rodney's testimony valid. We just said 24 to 26 hours was a weird statement and now he's saying couple of days? Well, he didn't testify 24 to 26 hours in court. In court he said up to 26 hours. That's what I'm saying. No. No, no, no. That's what Karen testified. R- Dr. Roberto said all he said was had to have been recent. That's all uh, he said. He did not give an hours. Not in court he didn't. Because what he's saying is that... Well, but but he's completely refuting what Karen was saying then. He may not be refuting his own statement, but he's definitely refuting what Karen said, right? Right. He's, he's changing it up, saying that, oh, apparently sperm can still be viable after a couple of days. So what he's saying... Is that when he said quite recent, he meant that it could have been a couple of days. There's no way to know for sure. And he's saying that they misconstrued his words in his testimony. Hmm. Because they never asked him if, specifically, if sperm could last, you know, from the 22nd to the 23rd. Or from the 22nd to the 24th when he tested it. They never asked him that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that he basically is saying that they they twisted his words in court. Well, but to me, 
it sounds like they never asked him that because they already had the answer to that. And now he's re- directly refuting the answer that another scientist gave. Right. So somebody's and, wrong. Well, I will tell you my personal opinion. If you're a doctor, you're a board certified autopsy forensic examiner. You need to be more more specific than quite right. recent. Yeah. Especially when somebody's life is on the line here. Exactly. Furthermore, he said that when he gave testimony to her time of death as 3 a.m., he stresses that it was just an estimate. But the attorneys quoted it at an exact number in order to have the ability to line up with Jimmy's alibi and timeline of events. But he specifically said he estimates her time of death at 3 a.m., give or take a couple of hours. I mean, if she didn't leave the house till 3 a.m. normally. Right. It wouldn't have been take a couple hours. But that's what I'm saying. If Jimmy says she didn't leave the house till 3 a.m., then, of course, they want to put her time of death at 3 a.m. when she left the house. Right. Well, plus 20 minutes or whatever it would be. What You know, whatever. Yeah. But this doctor is saying it could have been a couple hours after 3 a.m. It could have been a couple hours before 3 a.m. He was so estimating he that totally somewhere could in the have middle. Killed, Jimmy could have killed her in the apartment and then moved her body. Exactly. Ooh. Um, Jimmy was asked to testify against Rodney, uh, but he said no. And if they tried to make him, he would invoke the fifth. Hmm. So, on April 12th, 2017, Rodney lost that appeal. I mean, what would Jimmy have to say that would be of any value in a courtroom against Rodney? I have no idea. Probably because Rodney's new legal team would question him about his timeline of events, and he didn't want to be questioned about it. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I, I totally get what he would have to lose. I'm just saying, I don't know what the defense i guess would have to gain by having him testify against they're, yeah rodney. they're probably not the ones that called it's probably rodney's team that called well then of course he wouldn't right testify. <laughs> but you're saying to have him called they were trying to get him to testify against rodney so that yeah. wouldn't have been rodney's team doing that well that i, I would assume that's what they probably told him mm. in hopes that he would willingly do it Hey man, you want to you want to tell us he didn't do it? Come on, come on. You know what I find crazy about the whole thing? They never searched Jimmy's apartment. Hmm. Just side note. Anyway, um, the following year, uh, 2018, Jimmy is released from prison. Time served. Whoa, whoa. The following year. In 2018. So the following year of, because that's not the year after he got put in prison. No. Okay. The following listen. year after the. Shh, shh, shh. Listen. Yeah. On April 12th, 2017, your... Rodney <laughs> lost the appeal. Right. The following year in 2018. Right. Jimmy was released from prison. Gotcha. Citing time served. Because he got put in in 2008. Right. So 10 years. Right. He was. Yeah, he was given 10 years, so 10 years. In June of 2018, Rodney's Rodney appeals again, and, uh, well, he requested an appeal, and it was denied. Mm. In June of 2019, his appeal request is denied. July of 2019, his execution date is set for November 20th, 2019. Mm-hmm. In October of 2019, one month before, two witnesses come forward to say Rodney's innocent. Of course they did. One is a life insurance agent who says he heard Jimmy say he was going to kill Stacy when he was opening up the life insurance policies. What the shit? Nobody does that. So you're talking to the life insurance agent like, yeah, 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 no big deal. I'm going to kill her. What? That's, I mean, that's asinine. How's that even for real? Playing devil's advocate here. It could have been a joke. How many 
men, do you think? Probably like, yeah, well, for this much money, I might yeah. as well just kill her off, you know. It could that's the bad. only, but that's a terrible joke anyway. But regardless, how is that admissible in anything? Well. First of all, it's retarded. Well, that's, when she comes actually up actually did. dead. No, I know, but I'm just saying if he, if he actually said that, that's not believable at all. Yeah. And if he said it as a joke, then that's even worse. Not credible. Yeah. Well, the other one, the other witness was a coworker of Stacy's who said she also knew about the affair and she even saw them together. Rodney. Yeah, Stacy and Rodney. Well, was this the same coworker that said that earlier? No. No. This is another coworker. This is a new one. This is a girl who was a teenager at the time of the murder and she was scared to come forward because you know she didn't know what to do she didn't know what was going on and uh she saw so this is a month before his execution and she saw something about it on the news and she said let me see who i can call and let them know what i know because by this time she's an adult now she's not technically afraid of admitting stuff so and she does And this is when all the celebrities start coming out to request that Governor Abbott stop his execution. Okay, so we have uh, Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, Oprah. All these people come forward. There was even state lawmakers that sent letters to the governor. Oh, okay. On November 15, 2019, five days before his execution... The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals granted Rodney Reed an indefinite stay of execution. Wow. They just like scaring him, huh? Yeah, I guess so. As of April 25th, 2022, so literally last month, the Supreme Court ruled that they will hear his appeal. The Supreme Court. Yes, Rodney's asking that they test the belt for DNA, because it never was. Hmm. Um, We discussed, apparently, there is a statute of limitations on testing DNA, so it has to be approved by the Supreme Court. So here's here's my thing on the the belt, right? Okay. Is, okay, you test the belt for DNA. Best case scenario, Rodney's DNA is not on it. Mm-hmm. And whose is going to be on it? It's going to be Jimmy's, and it's going to be hers, because Jimmy lives with her. Mm-hmm. His DNA is going to be all over the place, regardless. Mm-hmm. So, best case scenario, they don't find his DNA on the belt, which proves nothing. It, you know, what I mean? he could have had gloves on. You know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, his DNA is on the belt. I mean, obviously, it could. The worst case scenario could it could prove that he did it, but other than that, unless there's a a whole new profile that comes up, which I feel like they would have found by now. Yeah. I don't know. It seems weird that that's what he's going for. I don't see that helping him much. Well, I think that he's confident that there's going to be DNA on the belt. Well, of course, but if it's Stacy's and Jimmy's, what does it matter? Well, right. If they live together, who cares? Anyone else? I I don't really see another suspect out there. So to me, it's either him or it's either Jimmy or Rodney. That's the the only two options. Here's the problem. Yeah. Rodney is. So Jimmy at the time was a police officer. Um, He had a clean record, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, but then they have this guy Rodney, whose DNA is found on her body, and has a history of alleged sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and he's been in prison this whole time. Right, this whole time, and even if they don't find any DNA on that belt. They can't just let him out. Right. Because a jury at some point found him guilty. That's what I'm getting at. So 
do they necessarily have enough evidence? No, not necessarily. But they also don't have a lot of evidence saying that he didn't do it. Right. They don't have a lot pointing to someone else. This is where the problem is, because as much as people would like to point the finger at someone else, specifically Jimmy. Right. It's difficult to do that because he did live with her. So his fingerprints are going to be all over the place. His hair follicles are going to be all over the place. His DNA is going to be all over the place. So, I mean, even the murder weapon is the belt. Mm -hmm. Like, if they had found a knife or a gun or something else that he wouldn't necessarily constantly have his hands on. So that's going to be difficult. That would be the most difficult case to try to prove against Jimmy, if that's what they suspect, right? Yep. So Rodney is all he's obviously the easier target, right? Yeah. Um also just a side note, the reason why all these celebrities have gotten involved is because I mean obviously they think he's they think he's innocent, but uh Rodney is African American. Stacy is white. Hmm. So now you have the classic white police officer dating a white girl. White girl ends up dead. The Hoken black sexual predator right. becomes the suspect, even with very little evidence, and gets mm-hmm. convicted. Again. Yep. <laughs> it's it's a very difficult case against Jimmy, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I don't see, I don't see Rodney getting out of this as much as he didn't. There wasn't enough to convict him, but once you're convicted, it's over. I mean, I know, I, I'm that's not saying it's sucks. over, but it's, that's, that's the most uphill battle you're ever going to face. And then if you take into the account the fact that the only other suspect could be the, the fiancé who lived with her, DNA is never going to exonerate you. The best thing DNA is going to do is not convict you. And that ship has sailed. Right. So. Ugh, that's well, a rough that's one. the thing, though. If they had never found any DNA on her person, they would have never even looked at Rodney. He was in no way associated with her. Right. Other than the other than, than the alleged affair that right. little to no people had to have well, admitted to. And let's just say this, because the only thing I can say about this case is maybe if you made better choices, you wouldn't have to deal with this type of thing. Like the man had made a lot of poor choices in his life to right. get to this position. They're not yep. looking at you unless you've made a lot of poor choices in your life. Now, whether yep. he was convicted of them or not, the the poor choices he made put him in this position. Right. Right? Racism and all that can, can sit over there for now. The poor choices he made is what put him in this position. And then whatever happened from, from that point on is kind of up to chance. I mean, it sounds like Stacy made a ton of poor choices as well. So exactly. she's not in it. I was going to say that same thing. Like, so, if she had not made poor choices... She might still be alive. Right. I don't know. So, uh, mm. so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a huge debate still to this day. Um, I'm still shocked that you had never heard of it. It happens. Um, I mean, it you know, here and there. but it's just, I don't, I don't think things look good for him. No, I don't. Yeah. Even if the Supreme Court says, okay, let's test the belt. I don't, I see it being a wash. But even, here's my, here's my problem. Let's say they, other, other than the DNA, I still, it's still hard to say that this is racially motivated. Because, and that's what people are saying. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, the man had six sexual assault cases. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He was, when they found him to question him, he was in jail on drug charges. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do if you are 
black, white, purple, green, orange, yellow. It it doesn't matter. Right. Like four choices he has a put record. you in this position. And do I think that they had enough evidence to put him away? Right. No, I don't. I don't right. think they had enough evidence. But do I think they have enough evidence to charge someone else? No, I don't. Exactly. And that's the thing, too. Let's even say, let's go crazy and say, okay, they, they test the belt, and they find a totally different, they find Jimmy's Jimmy's DNA, Stacy's DNA, and some random dude's DNA. Yeah. What's that going to prove? Zero. Nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are the odds, though, that they would find a random DNA and actually be able to link it to someone? Well, even if they, let's just say they did, right? Odds be damned. Let's just say, you know what? They, they find it. This other, let's say this other guy was a full on sexual predator, too. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. There's nothing because, okay, so what? So he happened to touch the belt. Maybe they were in a relationship. You know what I mean? Who knows? But that doesn't prove anything. I feel like testing the belt is a full-on waste of time. Even if, you know, if they do, to me, it'll be a, it'll be a wash no matter what. If all these famous people, Beyonce, Kim Kardashian, Oprah, if they had heard this story, right, and not, they had no idea if Rodney was black or white or yellow or green or purple or orange. Yep. Would they have shown any interest? Because as the case sits, do you see what I'm saying? Right. As the case sits, it looks like a dude just kind of fell on bad luck and he he was found guilty. It's what it is. Yeah. Alright, that's it. On to the next. That. On to the next.